Good morning, everybody. We wanted to cover four different topics today that I think are very important to your success, especially as a new agent and even down the road. <clears throat> One of those is what we refer to as a 911 call. When an agent's going into the home, uh, it's a good idea to let Connie and I know prior to the appointment so we can pay a little more attention <clears throat> to our phones. Uh, the other thing is set up a text thread for Connie and I both before you go into the home so that when the time comes, you just hit that thread, a 911 text goes out. Uh, if we know you're in the home, we're going to be paying a little more attention to our phones, but when that text comes in and comes to both of us, whichever one of us is available first, then uh, we're going to make sure the other one knows that it's there in case they're on the phone. And then text that uh, 911 text. That tells us, I'm in the home. I need help now. Then call, and call until one of us answers. If you call me twice and I don't answer, then call Connie because uh, she'll see when it comes in on her phone, I didn't pick up. That way we can try to get in touch with, with the other one. Now, when we answer, please know the client's name. Uh, rather than say, I'm sitting here with a lovely young couple. Well, that's obvious you don't remember their name, and the most important name to those people is their name. So it really drives home the point that you're paying attention, that you care about them. Um, prior to us, when, you, when we answer the phone, uh, if we're calling you back, you're probably going to be on speaker. We will assume you're on speaker, but it's kind of nice to let us know. Now, if you call us and you've got them on hold, you're going to give us a little short history. And uh, I'll usually, I try to write their names down, but I will usually use something in that history that you just gave me and ask them. You know, what part, you know, you just told me they live in Ohio, and I'm going to say, well, what part of the country do you live in? Why do I do that? You just told me. Well, it engages them, and it gives me an opportunity to connect in some way. Because for me to jump in and start giving them numbers or telling them what they need, guys, it doesn't work that way. I need to connect so that they know a little about me in that connecting process. And that is going to be a big part of your success when you start off. It gives you a chance to kind of, if we've already determined before you get them on the phone and I'm telling you what to run, it gives you an idea, especially on the virtual sales, it's going to give you an idea of what products to be running and getting rates. For example, if I'm telling you we're going to go Foresters, they've got a $160,000 mortgage and they're 52 years old, I'm going to tell you to write a 15 and a 20-year or bigger rates on a 15 and 20 year for 100,000 and 160,000. It gives you the opportunity to get those rates ready so when I turn the phone back over to you, you're ready. And I'm gonna talk to them a little while to give you time to run those numbers. So that's what the purpose of that is. Now, on the other hand, if you're doing in-home presentations, in that situation, we're gonna to try to know before you go. We're going to try to have the rates figured, how to strategize the case before you're in the house. And that's a great idea, and it helps you immensely because you don't have to fool with the rates while you're there. However, when you're in the home, if you don't call us before you leave, try to structure things in such a way that you develop a question you need to know the answer to. You know, I'm looking at this. I wonder if there's a better way we could go about this. 
I don't care what you use, but you need to come up with some type of a transition that allows you to get me on the phone. Now, why is that important? Well, first off, if I don't talk to them or your manager doesn't talk to these people before they leave, before you leave, guys, they deserve Equus's best. And if you're brand new, you're not giving them Equus's best. I don't care how good you are. You know, you're t- you need you need to have that voice of authority to come in there and uh and they needed to hear a second opinion it's amazing how many sales are made because somebody got a second opinion and that's an important part of this because they deserve that and you deserve it too because you deserve the sale you've done all the work but if we put the client first then what we need is going to come automatically so those are some things on the what and the why on the 911 call. Now, the three topics I wanted to talk about this morning are all three that have come up a number of times in the last two weeks with agents in the home or on the phone. For example, somebody says, well, I've got, uh, I already have insurance on my mortgage, and uh, I have PMI. I've had a number of, oh, Dick, they already had coverage. It's on their mortgage. It's PMI. Or I brought up PMI. I'm going to cover what PMI is. It's private mortgage insurance. Uh, VGLI is another thing. Oh, they, they're veterans and they have VGLI. Or they're veterans and they have insurance from the military. Well, that's veterans group life insurance. Neither one of those are a good plan for mortgage protection. Mm-hmm. And I've had uh, other agents come up with, well, they've got smoker rates and it's so high. So we're going to deal with smoker rates on how uh, you shift the blame from the client, from the company to the client, because it's their fault rate, guys, that the rates are so high. Now, remember with Foresters, the only thing that's a, a tobacco rate is cigarettes. So if they chew or if they use a pipe or they're using some kind of skull or something, you put on there that, yes, they use tobacco, but you give them a non-tobacco rate because they don't consider those as a tobacco rate. Now, when they ask the question, do you use tobacco? Yes, but when you list what it is, that qualifies then from non-tobacco rates. Now, when you're dealing with a smoker, how do we go about not offending them, and how do we go about shifting the blame from the company's high rates to their lifestyle? Well, this is a good way to go about doing it. Before you show them the tobacco rates, you ask the question, John or Mary, any chance, here goes back to the cadence again and what you're conveying. John, any chance you might quit smoking? Now, how many smokers have you talked to that that isn't a goal someday to quit smoking? Just about all of them. One out of 100 will say, nope, I've been smoking for 40 years, I'm not going to quit. Okay. But then we go into, John and Mary, any chance you might quit smoking? And then the transition plays. The reason I ask is I only figure your rates with companies that will give you a non-tobacco rate in 12 months after you stop smoking, and that will reduce your rates almost in half. See, now we've given them the solution to the problem The problem is the high tobacco rates, but the solution is quit. And the opportunity there is um, you have established here 
that the rates are high because of him smoking, but you haven't been confrontational about it. And providing them with a solution makes all the difference in the world. See, and then you, if they give you any resistance, well, I'd like to, or, you know, if they say, I, I, I'd like to, but I just don't know if I can. Well, you know, John, many clients in your situation who would like to stop smoking, what they'll do, but they're not sure they can, what they'll do is they will select a payment that fits their budget now, and then we can do a, a redo if and when they're able to quit smoking, and a lot of times they either can lower the, the rate or get more coverage. So you've given a, them a couple of way outs. You haven't clobbered them with fool. It's because you're smoking. Now, what a lot of agents will do is they'll take what I just said, and they'll say something like this, well, your rates are so high because you smoke. Well, you're really confrontational, and using that approach, you always lose. So stop and think about how we, how we do this in such a way that we transfer the reason for the high rates to them, but without being converse, uh, confrontational. Now, private mortgage insurance. First off, what is it? You know, the lenders... If they have to foreclose on a loan, that's a lose, lose, lose situation all day long. They lose a fortune. They lose a client. Um, it just is not win, a win for them anyway at all. So one, these mortgages are sold on the open market. So if you've got a mortgage where somebody put 3% or 5% down and they, they foreclose on it, somebody's taking a bath. And it's not the client because the client only put 3 to 5% down. They can walk. It's barely uh, different than them paying rent. However, the mortgage people would really like to help folks get a mortgage, but they need some, some collateral. Well, the collateral becomes PMI insurance, and this is how it works. If somebody puts less than 20% down on the house, and incidentally, if they did put 20% down on the house and a year later the house is foreclosed on, usually there's damage, somewhat damage to fix it up. You've got a 6% uh, real estate fee, and you've got a year's worth of payments that weren't made. That equals about 20%. So, you know, it re even when they foreclose on with 20% down, the bank is not making any money. You know, they're just barely breaking even. They understand that, and our clients don't. So... Uh, you know, if somebody says, well, I have PMI insurance, oh, um, did you put less than 20? How much did you put down on your mortgage? Because, see, most of your VA loans are 3% to 5% down, and that's just something that government has done to help veterans get houses, and it's a great thing. However, on a VA loan, guys, they are required to have private mortgage insurance, PMI, because that protects the lender because those mortgages are sold on the open market. Now, this is how PMI works. If the client stops making their payments, and I'm telling you this so you have the knowledge, not necessarily would you use all of this information explaining it to the client. But the way PMI works is if they stop making the payments because of health or, or lost their job, the insurance company moves the people out of the house and as soon as they're out of the house then the private mortgage insurance company kicks in and they start making that house payment until the house sells it's not designed to protect the family to keep them in the house it's designed and required 
Required is an important word here because the states allow the lenders to require this on mortgages with less than 20% down. Otherwise, none of those people would ever be able to buy a house. So is it a bad thing? No, it's a good thing. Just understand it's an expense you incur because you did not have the full 20% down. And the fact that it's required, um, it protects the lender. It doesn't protect the family. Now, you can then point out you know, that, that plan is designed to protect the lender because they would have significant loss if the mortgage was foreclosed on. However, if you qualify, and I love that word, if, or that phrase, if you qualify, because what do people want? Something they can't have and may not be able to get. If you qualify for our mortgage protection, our protection protects the family. If either of the breadwinners don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, we either pay the mortgage off or we pay the mortgage down so that the new payment is less than rent. Now, guys, who wouldn't want something like that? I mean, stop and think about it for a minute. If we present mortgage protection in the right light, who wouldn't want that? And the reason we don't make the sales is a lot of times we just haven't presented it in such a way that they realize, oh, my gosh, I can't do without that. I sat down last night with a young man. He's in his mid-30s. I'd helped him get insurance a number of years ago, and for whatever reason, he had just a terrible thing happen in his life, and he dropped it. And uh, his Farm Bureau agent went in when he updated his homeowner's insurance and sold him some life insurance. Well, three years ago, he's a uh, volunteer firefighter. He was fighting a brush fire. There was a live wire on the ground. The ground was wet. He was soaked from fighting a fire prior to that, and the two of them, he gets electrocuted. He lives, and life is just going on fine now, but there's been some damage there. Uh, he can't. I mean, he's functioning fine, but he's not going to be able to get a program now with living benefits. And last night when I went over what those were, he goes, oh, my gosh, I had no idea, you know, that that even existed. I need a plan like that. And I kept talking about if you qualify, if you qualify, if you qualify to the point last night when I left, he says, let me know as soon as you know. Now, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to help him. But if, if you qualify is a very valuable phrase to use because it takes it away from them and they want what they may not be able to get. So if you don't come home because of a car wreck or heart attack, we'll either pay the mortgage down low enough, either pay it off or pay it down low enough so that the new payment is less than rent. And guys, um, now when you say that, that's an important thing, but most agents stop right there and move forward. No, that's when you ask a question. Would that be important to you? Because if the client says, no, it's not important to me, it's time to move on. Conversely, if they say, yes, what have you done? You've just reengaged the client into the conversation because now they have to think about what you're saying because you're liable to ask them another question. And when you ask them questions and they get that deer in the headlight look, they don't like it and neither do you. So when you make a statement of a value like that, would that be something that's important to you? To have the payment lower than rent or, or maybe even have the house paid off? Well, yeah, it would be. 
Okay, now you're not just talking any longer, you're actually engaging them. Now, what if the answer is, no, it's not important to me. I, I don't care, I'm dead. You'll have that every once in a while. Well, one, why keep talking? But it's always good to ask a question or two, even when it's not important to them. Like, well, Mary, if John doesn't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack on July 4th, you know, some teen's texting, and they run a stop sign or a drunk driver hits him head on, where, where would you have to go live? Well, I'd have to go to my sister's. Well, Mary, how do you feel about that? Well, not good. Or you might even ask John, John, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm sure Mary's sister would be glad to have her, but how would her husband feel about that? I mean, how would her kids feel about two families living in their space? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get them start to thinking about what the pain is, you know, and finding out how John – now, see, he didn't care so much about paying the house off, but he may care about the fact that they would be displaced. You know, because, you know, John, if you don't come home because of a car wreck, have you ever thought about this? Your kids are going to lose their father. Listen to the cadence. They're going to lose their father. They're going to lose their home. They're going to lose all their friends because they have to move out of the school district, and they're going to lose their mother because she's going to have to work two or three jobs just to make ends meet. See, that now paints a little bit different picture that he hadn't thought about. First off, he's thinking, I'm dead. Who cares? But when you paint the picture of what life's going to look like without him, sometimes that'll move him. Does it work every time? No, no, it doesn't. But it gives you another shot. Okay? Now, VGLI. What is VGLI? I've had several agents say, well, they're veterans and they have life insurance through the veterans. Well, Veterans group life is what veterans can get when they get out of the military. While somebody's in active duty, they have SGLI, Serviceman's Group Life Insurance. That's while they're active. It's for $400,000, and you'll actually have some people that are active duty say, I don't need mortgage protection because I have SGLI. Yeah, you do have SGLI, and it's very inexpensive. But when you get out, that goes away and then you have to get VHGLI. However, if you've got the SGLI and you get out and you've got PTSD, many times then it's nearly impossible, if not impossible, to get coverage. So what most of our active duty, especially all of your officers are doing, is what they're and, and enlisted like to do because they realize the officers are going to be much better off than they are when they get out. The What they'll do is they want to get a plan that's going to be there until they need it, and they want to plan that the prices are not going to change on them. Because let me explain to you how VGLI works. Veterans Group Life, it's what they call, and this is for your benefit, not the client's, it's a five-year banded term. What that means is the premium goes up every five years on on the ages that their birthday is divisible by five. So they get out at 42 at 45, the price is going up. At 50, it's going up. At 55, it's going up. You get the drill. You know, um, it's going to get so high that the people can no longer afford it, and then they're going to be forced to drop it, and usually they're going to be forced to drop it at that time when they really, really need it. Now, if they've had a couple hiccups on their health, you know, diabetes, 30, 40 pounds overweight, blood pressure, maybe even PTSD, 
Now they no longer qualify for a plan that the rates are the same and, you know, quote, regular life insurance or mortgage protection coverage. And when they really need it, that's when they, they can least afford to lose it, and that's when the VGLI goes away. So veterans group life is usually a good value for about 10 years, but by the, the second or third rate increase, it's usually too high for people to keep it, and they end up losing it. So understanding that VGLI, see, guys, the reason you know, I came up with this and the reason this is so important is I could never understand. We live in military heaven up here. You know, we've got all the Pentagon and all the bases in, in the D.C. area, and I, I was getting clobbered. People getting out of the military, well, I've decided to go a di different direction. I'm going to get it through through the military. And I did not realize that those plans keep going up and up and up and up to the point. And I had a, uh, the sale that I made last week. His son is active duty in the Marine Corps. And I said, please encourage them to get something that's going to be permanent because if they get injured and get out and can't get insurance, then they've got no way to go except the VGLI. And I said, you probably know that that goes up every five years. And he says, yes, I did, but I never thought about getting something locked in now. So when their son's home for a holiday, hopefully I'll have a chance of making a sale there. But it was just reminding this guy, he was an officer in the Navy, how that worked made a big difference. And I'm hoping this equips you to have each one of these things now and practice this, guys, you know, um, so that you understand how that works. Now, I did want to also talk about graded and guaranteed rates, guys. On the graded and the guaranteed policies, why is that an important product for people? Because when I first heard about a guaranteed issue and they weren't covered for two years, I remember thinking, why in the world would anybody ever buy something like that? You know, I wouldn't. But then again, I wasn't thinking like an unhealthy person. Think about this for a second. If somebody's health is so bad that all they qualify for is a guaranteed issue, knowing full well that they're not going to have coverage for two years. You know, they had an open-heart surgery, five-way bypass, and all they can get is a guaranteed issue. Well, what this does is it puts them in a position to start saving now for a funeral. And, and if you're that unhealthy, you ought to be putting $100 a month aside for your funeral anyway if you don't have any life insurance. And uh, we've got a podcast on the Sylvester uh, Team Podcast. I'm looking at it right now. It's called Your Bank or Mine, podcast number 42. It explains in great detail why this is important and how to present it to the client in such a way that they agree that it's a good idea. Because what happens is it's going to make them start making payments toward paying a funeral for the first 24 months. So if they die of an accident during that period of time, they've got full coverage. So it's better than putting money in the bank. Uh, two years in a day, they've got full coverage. So this is a, an opportunity there for you to understand the value for the client. If you're healthy, the thoughts of me trying to sell you a guaranteed issue seems ludicrous. But to somebody that's not healthy, it really is a good thing to do for them. So understanding that, that's going to make a big difference for you. 
So a graded benefit um, can be a good thing for the agent too, okay? Yeah. However, would they want to think about the client? Um, what if they're selling a whole lot of guaranteed issue? Because a guaranteed issue, if the person dies within the uh, period, then the commissions are charged back mm -hmm. because that's how the company is going to pay back. The premiums is by charging back the agent's commission. So would you want to be judicious in writing those? You want to be careful. Uh, there shouldn't be more than maybe 5% of your business is going to be guaranteed issue or, or graded benefit. And the reason being, the primary reason for doing it, yes, it makes them save money for a funeral, but more importantly, it allows you in many cases to write a regular life insurance policy, say like a final expense, on the spouse who is spouse who is healthy. So it helps you get a sale sometimes when you wouldn't have gotten her or gotten him. Uh, the commission on the guaranteed issue is not very great. It's not designed to be a money maker for anybody. It's really designed to facilitate that client so that you now have an opportunity to get a sale on a on a real uh, whole life policy that you will get paid on. But uh, again, it helps them save money, and it helps you, and it does help the client. 